1: You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke and Cameron Parker of Predominantly Orange, your daily Broncos podcast.
2: Good morning and happy Tuesday to all you avid listeners of the Locked On Broncos podcast. Appreciate you guys once again tuning in. Hope your morning commute to work is treating you well. Yesterday's episode of the show we recapped AFC NFC Championship Weekend. We talked about Chris Harris Jr. heading to the Pro Bowl. Big news for him joining Casey Kreider and Von Miller as the lone Broncos representing in the AFC, and it's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, You know, I think for the Pro Bowl, I think we're all just looking at the Broncos players going there, having a good time. But at the same time, holding our breaths and, and hoping that, you know, nobody puts himself in a position to get hurt. So that's going to be something huge. It's obviously Pro Bowl week. We'll follow Chris Harris Jr. along the rest of the week. And we're getting back into our position review series here this week on tomorrow's episode of the show, starting with the offensive line. But, you know, hey, I, I like the fact that we're starting to get into the, the realm of things in terms of free agency approaching us. I know we still have the Super Bowl, but after that, I mean, it's full on free agency frenzy. And the number one thing I think we have to take into consideration is Broncos are going to be very aggressive and we're going to have you com- covered here completely at the lockdown Broncos podcast, because for the true fan, there is no off season and we have you covered here with the daily show. I'm your host, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst covering the national football league and the Denver Broncos. I'm also a columnist over predominantly head over there right now, predominantlyorange.com. Check out some of the great pieces by Sarah Bedinger and the staff over there. Sarah putting out a, a great piece talking about what the Broncos quarterback options are, looking at based on current rumors circulating a lot of good stuff there and you can follow me on twitter at Cody Rourke NFL
0: and I too am a columnist over at Predominantly Orange. I am your host, Cameron Parker, alongside Cody Rourke on the Locked On Broncos podcast. You know, Cody was teasing obviously the the articles of say we I and actually you were talking about aggressive and I actually did a few pieces yesterday talking just solely on that topic as far as being aggressive. So there's a lot going on with the Denver Broncos and a lot going on with this Locked On Broncos podcast today, Cody.
2: Yeah, we certainly do. In segment number one, we're gonna take a look at our Locked On Broncos. Poll of the day: We asked the question about whether or not the NFL should make non-calls or pass interference calls reviewable. We got great feedback from listeners of the show and the NFL community. We're going to talk about that. Some news from uh, Drew Locke talking with med, you know media members, Orange and Blue 760, you know Ryan Edwards, Steve Atwater, Andrew Mason about you know quarterbacking and and possibly the Broncos. Mentions the Chiefs there and being a fan of the Chiefs growing up. You know some interesting news and notes on there. Also somebody I talked to that had a lot to say. About Drew Locke. I'll be able to share that here in segment one. Segment number two, we went to Reddit for an Ask Me Anything segment for segments two and three of the show. Pretty much putting it into the hands of the fan, if you were an NFL GM, what is your Broncos offseason free agent wish list if you had the power to make some of these moves? Reddit users, answered the bell they gave us a lot of great suggestions there and reddit is such a huge huge tool for you guys to use if you guys don't have it go to your smartphone device now download the reddit app and subscribe to the reddit outlet for the Denver Broncos. Great, great site. A lot of great interactions there. Love it. Uh, And and just like always, a lot of good insight and a lot of great discussion. I mean, there's no debates. It's really just back and forth discussion about X's and O's and and possible moves and how we look for teams. So that's definitely a huge part of what we're doing and incorporating that into our show here at the Locked On Broncos podcast. So let's get right into it right away with our first segment. We ran a poll yesterday over at the Locked On Broncos Twitter handle. We, We asked the question should the NFL make non-calls or pass interference reviewable? And I think this is all based on kind of the outrage that we've seen from the Saints game and the Rams game where it didn't get called. And obviously that was a, a big play, a game-changing play that didn't, you know, get called. And unfortunately the Saints have to kind of deal with that. But I, I go back and I'm not just going to refer to the Saints game. I just look back in NFL history in general. I can go back to some Denver Broncos games. Let's go back to 2016, the regular season opener against the Carolina Panthers. You know, they called, a uh, uh, I- pass interference or defensive holding on Chris Harris Jr. where it was evident that it was on Kelvin Benjamin for example pushing him out of the way. It was a phantom call and that could have potentially you know cost the Broncos the game. Luckily for them Graham Gano missed the field goal attempt. I go back to several games. I think it was back in 2008-2009 when the Broncos played the Jaguars. They called pass interference on a Broncos defensive back. I'm not sure if it was Carl Payma or somebody but that really did change the outcome of that game. I mean the Broncos had a chance to get a stop and potentially get the ball back to win. And after that, I mean, the the Jaguars were able to take a knee. And so that was a big, big thing there in history. I I think that you have to make this kind of thing reviewable. Let's take a look at what the fan said. 74% of the voters on the poll had said yes. The NFL should make pass interference or non-calls reviewable, almost like a challenge system, for example. Now, this would also have to tie into strategy. If you're a coach and, you know, let's say it's the first quarter and there's a pretty bad call that, you know, you feel like didn't get called. I, as a coach, you can't just be impulsive enough to throw the flag right away, especially like in the first quarter, or even the second quarter, unless, you know, it's an absolutely drastic time in the game. I mean, if it's the fourth quarter yeah, and you still have that challenge and something like that happens, that would be the perfect time to use it. So I think strategy plays a lot into that. The NFL is going to be taking a little Look at whether or not they make that reviewable. And, you know, so I think we got some great feedback, Cam, you know, on there as well. Austin Baker, an avid listener of the show, says every play should be reviewable. He says, allow me to clarify, every play should be challenge eligible, which is very interesting. I I do agree with that. Tyler Columbus had tweeted out something earlier from his Twitter handle saying that every play should be able to be challenged. And I absolutely agree. Now, we had some other people that didn't like the idea of everything being reviewed. And and Dr. Charles Hustle, I think this is kind of one of those troll accounts. He said, reviews take far too long and interrupt the flow of the game. Only expand, you know, expanded reviews only if the NFL can significantly streamline the process. I'm here to watch football, not a forensic analysis. But Cam, I kind of want to get your thought on that real quick here. A couple seconds to talk about this. But, you know, he mentions that expanded reviews only if the NFL can significantly streamline the process. He says he's here to watch football, not a forensic analysis. Pretty much saying that, you know, reviews are slowing the game down in the NFL. What is your quick take on that?
0: And you and I had this great episode, you know, uh, with Monday's episode where we talked about it. And you know, lo and behold, who knew that the Washington Post would do this article that's saying that the NFL would, you know, start looking maybe into challenging pass interference penalties. Here's the thing, and you know, I'm more of a baseball fan, obviously, than 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 football, but. And, and baseball is starting to incorporate challenges. Uh, you have to start somewhere. You have to find the middle ground when it comes to figuring out how to challenge potentially with the penalties. You and I touched a little bit on it yesterday. With the penalties in general, you have to find out what is going to be a challengeable penalty, start from there, then work from there, and figure out, okay, this is going to be a challengeable penalty. Pass interference is ultimately, in my opinion— a challengeable penalty, or at least should be a challengeable penalty. But therein lies the, the gray areas, and sure, it, will it slow the game down? Absolutely. But in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of things, the, the opportunity for it to make it a correct game to the point where they got every single call right, so to speak. I mean, this is human though. So, I mean, humans aren't necessarily going to be right 100% of the time. So, the fact is is that the officials and everybody associated with it have to come together NFLPA, you know, Roger Goodell, you know, the, the referees, I mean, they, the, the association, they have to come together and decide what is in the best interest of the sport. And right now, because of how egregious this is, with the call in particular, with the New Orleans Saints game, it you have to take every precaution necessary to consider this. I, and I don't know if it will go into effect next year maybe, but at least start thinking maybe a year or two down the road. But the fact is, you know, pass interference penalties absolutely have to be considered a challengeable play.
2: Now, here's the thing. I think that the NFL can't make it to where, you know, if a pass interference is not called, that they can just throw a challenge flag, go back and look at it, and then all of a sudden decide after a challenge that they can throw the flag. I don't think that is something that would be beneficial to the National Football League. I think that would be more detrimental than anything because it is a fast-paced game. I mean, it's 110 miles an hour. You know, it's fast as it is. I just think it kind of stands on the catch basis. You know, if the ruling initially is complete and they don't have enough evidence really to kind of turn over you a know, uh, call that may be questionable, then they can't overturn it based on the initial ruling. And I think that's the same thing with pass interference. They can't do that. Now, if there is a flagged pass interference call, then I think you can challenge that. But if there's a, a non-call, like ex- for what we saw against the Saints, for example, I don't think if that rule is in place that you can go through and challenge that and then all of a sudden because you challenged it, a flag can be thrown and it can be assessed. I just don't think that is good for the product of the game. I think it completely ruins it unfortunately Um, Stan also makes another point says the games need sped up as it is even more officious huddling around a TV monitor no thanks it was better without replay live with the con- live with the consequences and play on just an old guy opinion, realize it will never happen. That's an interesting perspective. But, you know, I think the common consensus is that the NFL needs to make pass interference reviewable. And I think that if it has to be on if the flag is thrown, then you can throw the challenge flag. So that's definitely an interesting thing there that we have to kind of take into consideration here.
0: And I was going to say just real quick, the, if they do want to test just as far as challenging calls, start with the late game. Start with delay game because, I mean, you and I saw uh, at least a few times. How many times does the clock hit zero and yet they haven't hiked the ball yet? So, I mean, I would at least start with there. Start with something small.
2: Yeah, I still don't think at that point that it would be very doable because with delay game, I mean, there is this kind of like grace period, like a a half a second or a millisecond. You know, we've seen that. It doesn't really – you know, I think – The NFL has to do a better job monitoring that, but I still don't think that even then that can be something that you can necessarily challenge and review. It's just too much, but we're going to get into segment two here in just a second. We're going to talk about what we heard from Reddit users over there on Reddit. One of the best sites you can ever get some good coverage analysis and discussion with other Broncos fans and anything in the world you need anything, Reddit has it for you. But before we jump into segment number two, I got to tell you guys to go check out Adam and Locked on Nuggets and Nuggets getting ready for a big Wednesday matchup this week against the utah jazz divisional rival for them the nuggets undefeated undefeated and essentially divisional play for their entire division so that's huge there you know they hold that kind of tiebreaker over their you know the trailblazers the timberwolves the jazz right now so winning these games on the road against division opponents is absolutely huge and adam Mottis and company from denver stiffs has you covered with the best news and analysis All right, we went to Reddit for an Ask Me Anything session on the Broncos offseason and a free agent wish list if you were the general manager. And really the kind of premise was as Denver approaches free agency coming up in March, I mean, we're going to have the full-on free agency frenzy over here at the Locked On Broncos podcast. I asked the question, you know, what are your key areas of emphasis that you feel the Broncos have to address, upgrade, or move on from? And really, a lot of great insights so far from you know, commentators over there at Reddit. And we're going to get started off with not the FBI or the NSA. <laughs> and pretty interesting names over here as well. You know, he asked the question, do you think the Broncos sign more free agents on defense or more free agents on offense? I kind of added to the point, I think, you know, Denver will be fairly balanced in this in terms of, I don't think they have so many offensive needs necessarily. I think they're going to more so address the defense and free agency, which if you look at of the Broncos defense was kind of their strong suit this year. I think they're going to add cornerback depth. You know, there's some depth Definitely a free agent ties there we'll get into as March approaches us, defensive line. I think inside linebacker and possibly safety can be some defensive areas they might address in free agency. But I really can't see them adding too much on the offensive side of the ball, really outside of the offensive line, upgrading some of those positions. I think Ron Leary, you know, I, from what I've been told, he could be a potential cap casualty. Darian Stewart as well could also be another guy. But I think Denver, they, they're they kind of on the on the radar right now in terms of maybe or maybe not re-signing Jared Vail Deer, I thought Jared Vildier did fairly decent at right tackle compared to how, you know, former Broncos right tackles have been. But Denver is expected to be super aggressive during this free agency period. But I see them more so upgrading their defense rather than their offense outside of the offensive line. And then, you know, really with free agency, you have to kind of bring into question, you know, what kind of cap space are the Broncos really looking at and, and holy Jesus says this you know he says what are you know what are they looking at in terms of cap space which impending of our own free agents should they resign how much cap would that take and what's with the leftover? who should they target on the market outside of our team to make us better you know really the Broncos are expected to kind of head into this free agency period with maybe around 41 million dollars in cap space and that could fluctuate you have to factor in dead money cap and you guys could you know check out Track for that they have a lot of great insight on the salary cap because it involves a lot of numbers, a ton of numbers. But based on that, you know, Holy Jesus had replied, say, you know, I, I would say re signing Matt Paradis is priority number one. And, you know, if Roby can take a discount, you should definitely sign there. And then also bring in back Doma which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Um, he also mentioned, I'd like to try and restructure Brandon Marshall. And if you can't do that, move on from him and maybe look at some other inside linebackers in free agency or even the draft. There's some definite guys there. Um, and, and really outside of that, I think the number one thing is, is the Broncos have to kind of look at, okay, what have we gotten out of this? I mean, the NFL right now is a, what have you done for me lately type of business? And I'd say that is the most important thing that we have to take into consideration here. You know, it's, we take a look at Bradley Roby for example, what have you done for me lately? I mean, in 2018, he didn't have the best season of his career, unfortunately, but he did, however, have these spurts in these games where I was like, okay, this is the exact guy that the Broncos have relied on for year after year, Super Bowl 50 year. He's displayed. that He can still play. I think a lot of it. I mean, you go back to Chris Harris Jr.'s comments on the coordinators really is they they were out-schemed. They were out-game-planned and they were doing the same thing and they were very vanilla. And Chris Harris Jr. didn't really hold back on that saying that, you know, the defense wasn't that prepared.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of those where... they they have to the Broncos have to do everything they can to at least be aggressive as they want and you know if we if we think as far as being aggressive you know a, a lot of people are going to pinpoint the quarterback I, quarterback might be the wild card position of all of this you know what they potentially do so quarterback is definitely the wild card as far as what we're going to talk about offensive side of the ball the other position aside from re-signing Matt Paradis who's you know the top priority on the offensive side of the ball you know might end up being wide receiver. Now, I know Emmanuel Sanders is, you know, the timetable is looking really good right now. He's ahead of schedule. The expectation is he's going to be, you know, at least maybe ready for training camp. Just he's definitely moving um, at a positive rate. So, the, but the interesting one really could be wide receiver. Now, people might think of that as like, well, is that a slight to you know tim patrick and you know some of these guys that that really played you know well well i mean I, i don't think so but i mean as far as just the overall depth of the squad and just maybe getting maybe just another veteran wide receiver as a camp body later on down the road i think that's a possibility but maybe the one position offensively that i would be very interested in for the broncos on the offensive side of the ball would be tight end That's the one position where I think the Broncos could make some hay, but I mean, then again, therein lies the draft, Cody, because tight end might be arguably the most deep position in the entire draft. So do the Denver Broncos go again and get a guy that's going to compliment Jake Butt or re-sign Jeff Hireman?
2: Uh, I don't think they're going to go tight end necessarily in the early rounds. I think it could be a later round guy, but they still have Troy Fumagalli coming back from an injury, coming off IR. You know, I think uh, you know Matt Lacoste might be a guy that goes elsewhere, or unless they keep him on roster, I just have a hard time seeing it with Fumagalli returning, with Jake Butt coming back as well, and Jeff Hireman coming back. I think the Broncos will resign Hireman for cheap, but I just don't see them bringing in a tight end at this point. But coming up here in segment number three, we're going to continue our Red AMA session from the great users over there. There at reddit.com and the Broncos subreddit there. A lot of amazing news notes and analysis from a lot of good fans across Broncos country. But before we get into that, I got to tell you guys about Locked On NFL Draft. You have John Ledyard and Trevor Sykema, host of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. They're down there right now in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl coverage. Good interviews, a lot of in-depth analysis, mock drafts that they're doing on their podcast. Check out John and Trevor at Locked On NFL Draft.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
2: All right, getting in here to the barn burner of our discussion over on Reddit. Didn't get to mention it earlier, but Drew Locke had spoken with, you know, Andrew Mason, Steve Atwater, and Ryan Edwards earlier of the Orange and Blue 760 crew, our good friends over there. Uh, appreciate all the work that they're doing. Had a chance to kind of talk with Drew Locke and then some other NFL prospects, Gardner Minshew and other guys. But really the talk on Drew Locke is he grew up a Chiefs fan and being there playing in Missouri at the University of Missouri. You know, there's some, uh, you know, he, he understands that the Chiefs will not draft him because they have their quarterback of the future, a guy who's apparently going to be getting, you know, probably in 2020 uh, close to a $200 million deal. But, you know, I think the interesting thing is he's presented really well. All the interviews that he's done, he he carries himself very professionally. He's a guy that says all the right things. There are a lot of concerns, though, in terms of his footwork and some other mechanics. And and really, I talked to somebody close to, you know, Drew Locke in in the University of Missouri. And, you know, I kind of asked the question, you know, what are your thoughts on him? And, And I received word that, you know, he responded nicely to Dooley, and I think he'll continue to trend upwards and will have a long career as a backup in the NFL, a la Chase Daniel. Very interesting. I kind of talked about really a lot of the people in the Denver market talking about Drew Locke and the Broncos possibly going him at 10. and I just talked to him about the fact where I just perceived on my professional opinion where I thought it was risky. He responded, highly risky. It's like buying a house with foundation cracks and leaky basement just because it's the only house on the market in a desirable location. Very, very interesting stuff here with Drew Locke, and and I, I feel the same way. I feel the same way. I feel as if it is very risky. He does have some of these tools that, you know, stand out on film. There are some things that also make him questionable. Is he a guy that can, you know, Denver drafts and he plays year one? I don't think so. I think it could be a two year type thing. But can the Broncos keep playing this game of missing out on quarterbacks? I don't think they can. So I think they have to be completely sure with who they bring in and so that's kind of the, the real kind of spin I wanted to put on Drew Locke, and we'll get into more of that discussion as the draft comes around and who the Broncos are interested as we hear more of that but going back to our Reddit AMA you know we heard from guys like Dick Burns and he, he said something along the lines of defensively and free agency I'd like to see Landon Collins or CJ Mosley in Broncos uniforms next season while drafting a cornerback with pick number 10 unless for some miracle Quinn and Williams is available at pick number 10 you know I, I think the, the Williams pick probably is on un- likely they're at 10, barring some kind of major, major um, incident, you know, luck or intervention. But, you know, I talked about DeAndre Baker being one of my top guys, and, and we heard from Broncos Squatch that really said that, you know, get younger guys in the draft. Cornerback, defensive tackle, Greedy Williams, DeAndre Baker, Ed Oliver, get better guys in free agency, offensive line inside linebacker, Roger Saffold, Trent Brown, C.J. Mosley, Denzel Perryman, where he says get younger and better guys, whichever route is best at quarterback. You know, t- they talked about Kyler Murray which probably you know Denver has zero interest in him at this point in time you have Drew Locke which you know is garnering some interest you know I'd say proceed with caution but there was also some rumors coming out today that the Broncos plan B is really Joe Flacco and and Nick Foles so you know those are things we have to kind of take into consideration here do the Broncos reinvent the wheel or do they keep trying to play this quarterback carousel it's going to be an interesting thing as well but kind of to our last question here our last two questions we hear from Von Heisenberg he says before he bring in new guys from Free agency. I'm curious what we do with our impending free agents. What do you expect the market to be, and what do you think will happen with Bradley Roby, Matt Paradis, Shaq Barrett, Jeff Hirshman, and and really, you know, Roby, I believe will be back, and I think it will be at a discount because, like I mentioned earlier, it, this is a what have you done for me lately league. Bradley Roby has expressed that he wants to stay in Denver, you know, but you know, some team out there will offer Bradley Roby some money, you know, so it really is up to the Broncos in determining what they want to do. I, I do, you know, proceed, you know, ask Broncos fans to take. Take into consideration what has Bradley Roby done for the Broncos organization in the last five years he 's done a lot of good things he had run really off year in an off season I think you have to kind of take a look and go back and watch film and and see what the Broncos did defensively against teams and you 're going to see a trend that they stayed the same all year long and that doesn 't benefit anybody. Um, I talked about the fact that the Broncos, they 're expected to extend Matt Paradis, but you know the the real hang up on this really from what i 've been told is you know he's going to listen to some offers from some other teams. You know that that's kind of the the main expectation he's going to hear. Obviously, coming off of a broken fibula, he's been an Ironman for the Broncos. He's played very very well. He's been an All Pro for them. You know, really back in May, the Broncos and his agent hadn't really talked. They started talking a little bit in August, but I would be very surprised if the Broncos and Peritus don't extend. I think they come to an agreement of some sorts. He's going to garner some interest from other NFL teams, and that's going to kind of gauge the market really for what the Broncos can and will offer him. I don't think they will depart with him right away because, um, you know, it's just, I, I think he's been very, very valuable to the Broncos organization on the field. And not only that, just off the field, I don't, I don't see them really doing that and making Connor McGovern be a mainstay guy at center for the rest of, you know, his tenure in Denver. I just don't see that happening, but obviously a lot of crazy things to talk about over here at the lockdown Broncos podcast. We're going to be doing a weekly Reddit session with fans. I encourage you guys go download the Reddit app on your phone, go to the subreddit for the Denver Broncos subscribe, To it. A lot of great Broncos fans all across the board talking all things at you know, the Denver Broncos Reddit and very very fun to talk and engage with everybody as, you know, there as well. You get a lot of great news inside and analysis and you get a lot of questions so we're going to be doing that every single week as well. We want to thank everybody for listening to the Lockdown Broncos podcast once again. Another big week. Another strong start to the week over here. Anytime a show is posted be sure to retweet it. Share it with your friends and family that are Broncos fans. Get it out there on social media and don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave a review of the show. Tell us why you love the show. Leave your Twitter handle in the review. You'll be entered into our contest giveaways. Our next one's coming up here in the month of February. There's love in the air, Valentine's season. And guess what? We're giving our love back to you guys in February with another contest giveaway over here at Locked On Broncos. I'm your host, Cody Rourke, speaking for my co-host, Cameron Parker. We'll see you tomorrow for another episode of the show.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy.